to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from DraftKings Studios, with your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts. Hey there, you, wherever you're at on this lovely fall Tuesday. It's Kyle Morganoni, Matthew Betts here with the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. How's fall looking in Vermont, Betsy? Oh, man, it is a beautiful day here, about 55 degrees, a little crisp in the air, but the sun is shining. Um, I'm actually in a really good mood today. I got my haircut this morning. My wife texted me, Whoa. said, let's let's grill out tonight. Let's make burgers on the grill. So I'm excited. <laughs> so <laughs> things are looking up here in Vermont, man. It's, it's been a good morning so far. You know, I do need a haircut. Uh, a lot of people mistaken the fact that I shaved off my head. I never mentioned that in my post. And if everyone listened a couple of weeks ago, I said on this podcast what I was going to do for my Keenan Allen dress up. I said I was going to wear a bald cap, but uh, I do need a haircut. Uh, but times are busy here. I've, I've had a busy weekend. I was in North Carolina, had a friend's wedding when I got back. But uh, yeah, overall, I'm excited. It's fall time. And I'm excited because week 10 is a brand new slate because you and I, I don't even know if we got punched in the face you use the phrase curb stomp which is american history x like <laughs> quite quite graphic um i i don't know i Pain. need i need a way yes i need a way to describe <laughs> what happened and what i mentioned to you is this is just like my toddler got a hold of lineups this past week and said sure let me just spill everything and see what happens uh how is it for you um about the same not great bob not great at all. You know, it really was one of those weeks where the quote-unquote good plays or the best plays were the worst plays. I mean, the, the chalk just failed absolutely miserably. You talk about, you know, the, the three probably highest rostered players on the entire slate. I mean, this isn't fact. I'm, I'm kind of talking off the top of my head. I think this is, was the case. It was like Tyree Kill, Zeke, and uh, Austin Eckler. And all three of those, those were guys, guys were just awful i mean you log into DraftKings, you're gonna see a snowflake next to their their name it, it was bad so it was a week where you know in cash even though the process felt pretty solid and i felt pretty good about my lineups it just i got curb stomped man it was one of those weeks it felt like week one and week two for me where you know it was really rough so a losing week for sure um and i think this is a week where you know there's a lot of people out there that play tournaments specifically and they specifically play contrarian for these weeks to win. And if you played contrarian this week, you probably had a pretty solid week because, like I said, the chalk just failed miserably this week. Yeah, in tournaments the last couple of weeks, it's been play the chalk and then maybe tweak your lineup like one or two places and that's it. And you're able to like hit near the 200 mark. This past week, you needed to not have Zeke, Eckler, Tyreek in your lineup. You needed to say no to Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs stay away from the bills. I mean, there's a lot of spots where you could have been trapped in GPPs and really it came down to you needed to play Lamar or Justin Herbert. Like those are the two quarterbacks or else you got super fortunate playing a, a cheapie, but you needed to have one of those two in your lineup. You probably needed Nick Chubb who we mentioned as a good GPP play, but it was, it was definitely a topsy turvy week and, and you know, just a lot of outcomes that were just crazy. I mean, the Bills one definitely stood out to me as just, wow, did not see that coming. James Conner, if you were lucky enough to play James Conner in a GPP, congratulations. If you correlated him with a limited snaps George Kittle, 
congratulations to that as well. But it does pay to be contrarian. And I would say for the most part, for the first nine weeks, we hadn't really seen all of that. So uh, props to you if you did well in a tournament. We had somebody that messaged us bets. And um, let me just see here. How did they do? I'll let you read the way that they sent it out to us because it made me laugh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and let's put a little context around this i opened this message from uh our loyal listener uh, at about 6 a.m on the east coast monday morning getting up ready for the day starting a workout he says hey man hope you're well thank you very much that's very kind of you i enjoy the content you guys put out i did really well this week and wanted to shout you guys out keep up the great work i didn't even awesome. realize it when i saw the screenshot my man won $75,000, placed third in the Millie Maker. I was like still half asleep when I saw this. I was like, oh, cool. Must have been a pretty good week. My man won seventy five k this week in a tournament. Shout out to you, uh, the loyal listener. So, man, what a, what a great message to wake up to after personally having a horrible week. So, shout out to you. I did really well this week. I want to be able to tell my wife when <laughs> yeah. she asks, hey, how was DFS? I did really well. It was just seventy five k third place in the Millie Maker no big deal. But if you want some of those picks, and that's what the best part is, we're not trying to tout everything we say is right. You know, you and I took a bath in cash this past week. Head to heads actually helped me out a ton. But if you want some of that content, you can get it as part of the DFS pass. You can go to dfspass.com, use the promo code DFSPOD. And we are basically giving this away. I feel like, I feel like you're almost hurt bets how cheap this thing is. Like you're, <laughs> you're emotionally hurt. It's one of the mysteries of the world, the greatest mysteries of the world, in fact. Yes, this product that you and I sit down, put our heart and soul into every week. <laughs> we just grind. We look at the content. We look at the stats. We're looking at everything. <laughs> it's like $2 a week, and someone's out here winning $75,000. So I don't understand why it's so cheap. I do not agree that it should be this cheap, but the management has said this is what it is, so go get it. It is just ridiculously cheap for the rest of the year. And as we tell you guys all the time, we're going through the Super Bowl, so it doesn't just stop when the regular season is over, you know, it's a one-time payment. It's, uh, it's just, it's silly. It's, it's what it is. It's just silly. You know, I, the way I just heard that was like in wedding crashers, Frank, the tank, like we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going streaking. Like you were that pumped that we're all going, this is where we're all going. So we're at all the end going of this, to the Super Bowl this year, <laughs> that's where we're having a little meetup <laughs> for, uh, the playoff bound Atlanta Falcons to be in the Super Bowl. So if you guys want to see us at the Super Bowl, you can. We're going to be producing content and podcasts all throughout the rest of the year. So yes, you can go to DFSPass.com. It pays for itself in a week and you will get to get our inside jokes. You will see our humor written out before your very own eyes. We love hanging out with you guys. And I think a lot of people this year, they've learned how to have a sustainable bankroll and play the right kind of contest. So go to DFSPass.com. But let's talk about week 10 and the slate. State of the main slate. We're going to be talking about the week 10 main slate and all of the lines that we give you. We'll be referring to the ones at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's where we play. DraftKings Sportsbook uh, gives up-to-date lines. You can actually see if you go on the site like them flash like, oh, people are betting the over on this. You can actually see them change before you. So go to sportsbook.draftkings.com if you want to play there. And let's check in with a wager that you and I've made. I mentioned it. But the Falcons currently are the seventh seed. I know that's a homer thing to talk about. You and I, our big bet was on the Falcons hitting seven wins. And we are ever closer 
after their win over the Saints. But I had forgotten, because I think I had put this one to bed, that I had took the Falcons at plus 300 to make the playoffs before the season. And right now, they are the seventh seed. That'll probably change. But it's alive. Like, it's actually alive on a on a silly bet that I made for my Falcons to make the playoffs. And I'll say the one that's down is I made a couple. You and I were bullish. We were really bullish on the San Francisco offense before the season. And so there's a couple of different ones that were a little bit more of a long shot. One of them was just San Francisco to make the playoffs. One of them was San Francisco to win the NFC West. One of them was really long odds, but San Francisco to be the highest scoring team in the league. Those are all gone. And it feels like a pretty lost season in San Francisco. Hopefully they turn to Trey Lance soon, but those are all those are all dead to me. Yeah, it's actually a good point that you talk about the Trey Lance stuff because, you know, it does seem like it's trending in a horrible direction, obviously, for the Niners. And so you would think that they would see what they have in the rookie at some point, which, you know, a lot of people were excited about. And then midway through the year, obviously, it's kind of lost its shine. So I do hope we get to see some Trey Lance. And yes, what are the Falcons doing? Like, I cannot watch the Falcons anymore. My blood pressure skyrockets. My heart rate skyrockets. All of a sudden, they suck. Then they're the best team in the league. Then they suck again. And two minutes later, like it's just <laughs> it's all over the map. I have zero confidence in any of their wins moving forward. But if we can just get to seven, you know, we'll, we'll get our money back. So it'll be good. Uh, the the wagers for me that are uh, looking like they're changing based off last week. I have a ticket for Tom Brady to win the MVP preseason at plus 1650 was very, very high on that based off their win total and, you know, the little narrative street behind Tom Brady and, you know, him being the GOAT, how old he is playing football at this high level. It's just, it's unreal. But really, the the reason it's up is because the Bucks were on by, so he did nothing. But everyone else failed around him. I mean, Dak had a horrible game. Kyler Murray was out because of injury. Josh Allen fell on his face. Like, all these guys that were Stafford. at the top of the... Stafford, exactly, at the top of the... The market just fell. So it's good if you have a Tom Brady ticket. I think that is now plus 350. So you're seeing a lot of value on that relative to what you had early in the year. My other bets, and this is going in the wrong direction. I took the Chiefs when they were even money to win the division about three weeks ago. I thought, yeah, they'll get it back on track and, you know, they'll figure it out. Barely beat Jordan Love. Uh, It just looks awful in Kansas City. I was writing up the Vegas report in the DFS pass this morning. And we're not going to talk about them this week because they are playing in one of the primetime games. But they have a 27 implied team total. They haven't scored any points in the last month of the season. So that's one that I might be going under on this week based off how they played. Uh, But it does not look good for the Chiefs. And 27 for the Chiefs is low. Like usually they're in that 29, 30 range, even 31 if they're heavy favorites. So that I mean, they're just trending in the wrong direction. Let's talk about this week and the games that are over 50. I like this slate this week. We have a little bit more of a mix. Last week, we had a couple of games that barely hit that 50 total. And then you had to kind of figure out where the value was. If it was like Cleveland, Cincinnati, you know, th- those are the games last week that you're like, okay, what are the teams? So hit me with the games that are over 50 currently. Yeah, leading the pack, we have uh, your Falcons or Alpha, our Falcons, really. Going on the road to Dallas, that game is a 54 and a half implied or total. Sorry, not implied total game total. Uh, Dallas favored by nine. The Chargers are going to Minnesota uh, to take on the Vikings. That is a 52 point total. Chargers favored by two and a half. Tampa Bay against the football team. That is 51 and a half. And Tampa Bay is favored in that one by nine and a half. And I suspect this total is going to rise. So I'm going to include it in here. Seattle and Green Bay, 49 and a half points. Green Bay currently favored, but that is under the assumption right now, obviously, that we'll get Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers back in the lineup from the COVID list. So if that game 
continues to have that positive trend with both those quarterbacks coming back, I could easily see the total going north of 50 before Sunday. Yeah, all four of those games, you can stack, like you can see possibilities of, you know, which team is favored. And then the other side, there's valuable pieces. So even that Dallas Atlanta game, I feel like it's a little bit inflated. Like we saw Dallas fall flat. We know Atlanta can fall flat. So it feels a little inflated, but the prices are definitely not as expensive as you would think. Like Zeke's still not expensive. Amari Cooper's still a value. And on the Falcons side, Cordell Patterson, we'll talk about him, but he's still a value. He's getting a ton of touches. So that game in itself, I think, has the highest total and there's ways to do it. But in terms of the most popular game, I'm going to say it's that Minnesota and Chargers game because there's just so much star power. I love the Chargers. I'm a sucker for them. They're my second favorite team in the league. And they just throw at such a high rate. And then you look at where they're weak on defense. They're a run funnel. And then you have Dalvin Cook in an absolute smash spot at home. So I like that game. If I were to take it right now, I would take Minnesota in the points at home. They've been pretty unlucky. They easily could have won that game. Uh, this past week. So I think the most popular game is probably going to be Minnesota and the Chargers. Yeah, all but one of their games have been decided by one score for the Vikings. So they're a team that I like just from the fact that they keep games close and they keep going back and forth. Um, So I'm with you. I think that's going to be a really solid game to stack. I'm excited about it. I wrote down here with the assumption that Rodgers is back. He has until I believe he can come back Saturday to the team. So we're not going to know when we record for the main slate for Friday's show. But we'll assume that as things trend, hopefully it's Rodgers back for Devonta Adams, for Aaron Jones, for all those guys. And honestly, to help push the Seahawks on the other side of the ball, because if it's Jordan Love, I'm not going to be as interested in Russ Wilson stacks, um, you know, with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who both have great tags this week, especially on DraftKings. So that's a game I'm really excited about. I think it will be popular, assuming we get Aaron Rodgers back in the lineup. Yeah, with Russ coming back too, I think people want to play him. He's cheaper. It normally is because we don't need a we didn't need a matchup of Geno Smith versus Jordan Love like that's not that doesn't really get us going. <laughs> if you want to if you wanted Can to you ask imagine? a girl out on a first a first date, you don't want to mention those two names. No, they're not going to be. No. In- <laughs> All right, give me the sneakiest game that you see on the slate. Yeah, I thought about trying to go off the board with one of these and and really list one that's sneaky, but I was having trouble kind. of trying to find one so i'm not going to just force it i just want to mention that i think this spot for dallas and atlanta is a great spot to go back to dallas you know zeke was chalk last week amari cooper was chalk last week some people played Dak prescott and stacks and you know they were all just awful they all failed but you know atlanta is a team that's given up points all season dallas has shown some vulnerability on defense if they can get a good game from matt ryan we could see a lot of back and forth here so i just want to give people confidence to go back to Dallas this week I certainly will be doing that against the Falcons you do you want to go to Falcons wide receiver one Olamide Zacchaeus is that who you want to you're you're hyping up red zone weapon it's just shout out to Matt Ryan honestly like he's out there with a bunch of goofballs running around a wide receiver and Kyle Pitts and these guys that are just you know no disrespect to Zacchaeus and you know, Russell Gage and those dudes. But let's be honest, they're not going to change the game for you. They're they're fine wide receivers. Matt Ryan, I was so bummed I had to play him in a dynasty league last week. I was like, all right, fine, super flex. Here we go, Matt Ryan. What does he do? Comes out with like 24 points. So shout out to Matt Ryan. Hopefully he can get, get it done against Dallas this week again. I know I'm going to give a football guy take, but as a Falcons fan, people just want to get rid of Ryan. And 
his sustained level of being a good quarterback like should not go unnoticed. And he's had you know short stints where he's a great quarterback, like his MVP season, and he can turn it on. So yes, we're stuck with this contract for at least another year. But man, I I feel I feel thankful we've had a quarterback that we could count on for you know since two thousand eight. So kind of a big deal. Uh, the sneaky game I actually do like this spot is Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Both of the running games are the obvious things like, you know, James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor is still a value in my opinion this week, but I want to highlight those passing games because the Colts are giving up a huge pass success rate. They've given up the most passing touchdowns in the NFL. And then the Jags, they allow the second highest yards per attempt and the second highest completion percentage. They made Josh Allen look like a fool, uh, last week but there's no way they're going to make Carson Wentz pay. Carson Wentz has been pretty good for the last really six games. So I just want to highlight that because these passing games are probably going to be overlooked in favor of the running backs. And I think it's a sneaky spot if you want to do some kind of mini correlations or even just stack Wentz and Pittman and bring it back with Marvin Jones. You're not crazy for doing that. Which game do you feel like you want to be underweight on or maybe even fade? Yeah, the game that I'm looking to probably stay away from this week is Philly and Denver. With Denver, I know they just exploded last week. I I don't know that that's real in terms of what their offense is based off how they have been performing through the entirety of the season so far. They're a team that still plays really slow. They want to control the clock. They want to run the football. And, you know, for the Eagles side, we talk about it every week. It feels like they need to be pushed to reach a ceiling performance. And fortunately, last week, if you were onto Justin Herbert stacks you probably played a little bit of Dallas Goddard or Devonta Smith because they pushed Jalen Hurts to succeed and this week against Denver I'm not sure that they're going to push him to do that so it's a low total 44 and a half points I'm likely staying away this game has also a super low total it's the New Orleans Saints at Tennessee Titans 44 and a half there are only two players in this game when you think about it like that have a ceiling at all I mean it's Kamara AJ Brown uh and other than that, in a GPP, I just can't feel confident. The de- the defenses are kind of intriguing because I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So, I don't know. For me, I just, I'm not going to be game-stacking this one at all. And if you're going to play Kamara and A.J. Brown, like, I do it in a tournament just to get different from everyone else. But I can see this, I can see this game because we have other running backs like McCaffrey in the mix this week and Dalvin's in a smash spot that Kamara is going to come in sub-10%. So other than a tournament, just to pivot off, that's that's really the only way I would really use this game. You're not going to go all in on Adrian Peterson? No, no, because... <laughs> okay. Dude, I, I can say this. If players are older than me and they're not named Tom Brady, I don't want them. I'm 34, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Shout out, to though, to AP. Comes right in, changes his number to eight, tries to make himself look younger. Did score a touchdown. Yeah, eight is the number of new beginnings, so I think that's why I did it. I didn't see any social media about it, but hey, props to him to that you can say, like, I'm off the street, I'm off the practice squad immediately, I'm on the active roster, and yeah, like, goal line carry, he can do it, but I don't want to guess each week who's going to get the touchdown between him, McNichols, and Foreman. Which team are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total this week? Yeah, again, this is operating under the assumption that it is not Jordan Love, that it is Aaron Rodgers. I like the Packers to go over 26.8 points. I think they can get to 27 plus in this matchup with the Seahawks. Again, the idea is quarterbacks interact well with each other. Offenses interact well with each other. When Russ succeeds, Aaron Rodgers has to go out and push to do the same. And the Seahawks have been beatable 
you know, on defense for the majority of the year. They've had some decent performances recently, but more against weaker opponents. So I think this is a spot where Rodgers comes back. Not to go too narrative take with this, but obviously with his questionable, I'll say, interview on the Pat McAfee show, I think he maybe wants to come out and prove a lot of people wrong or just come back and say, like, look, I am the key to this offense succeeding. It's not Jordan Love, which clearly we saw. And so if he does come off Saturday and he plays Sunday, this could really be a spot that I like the Packers a lot. I'm going to say the Buccaneers, they are nine and a half point road favorites. It's kind of a big deal. And I trust Tom Brady and I trust Tom Brady coming off a bye to be prepared and I guess a really bad pass defense. So uh, Washington's also coming off of the bye. So that's, I need to note that, but Tampa Bay's team implied total of 30 feels achievable for Tom Brady. Uh, and which team are you staying away from this week that you think will hit the under? Yeah, I'm not going to stay away completely from the football team. I just, I'm not sure that they can get there in terms of scoring. They've got a 21 point total implied, which is not awful. It's not great either. It's pretty low, but you know, you look at, like you said, the Bucks. They're coming off the bye and getting healthier, especially on the defensive side of the ball, getting a couple of cornerbacks back in the lineup. So it's a situation where the defensive front, I think, can get after Taylor Heineke. We've kind of seen him crumble when he's had to deal with, you know, these hectic situations. And outside of Terry McLaurin, you're not really excited about playing anyone else, especially with Antonio Gibson going up against a tough run defense. So they're a team that I'm just not sure that I can really go in on. That said, if I am playing Tom Brady stacks, Terry McLaurin is interesting as a bring back. But as far as multiple pieces no thank you yeah we'll talk about McLaurin in a second because his salary is uh it stands out in terms of the crowd I'm going to mention the Lions because they stink and I really want them to go 0-17 and and I know you do too it's it's like a daunting thing at first you're like oh they're the worst team in the league but like come on they can get to one win they probably should have won two games if we're honest uh but they are on the road against the Steelers as nine and nine point dogs they have 17-point implied total. And I'm just going to say this. The Steelers did not look elite as a defense on Monday night, but I think they will against Jared Goff. Like, I think I'm I'm not scared of Jared Goff, especially when he's under pre- pressure. So um, who's he going to throw to? Which wide receiver? Is it your boy Khalif Raymond? Who knows, man? <laughs> Probably DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Probably. All right, let's talk about some salary standouts. Salary standouts. Usually our takes on Tuesday are pretty solid in the sense of this is what we think. And then it doesn't change a ton unless we get news. So understand when we're giving these salary standouts, we're just saying at first look, here's who we like. We think we're in a good spot and maybe you could use them in a cash lineup. Maybe we'll give a couple of GPP takes, but who do you like at quarterback this week? Yes, I talked about it already. Going back to Dallas sounds really intriguing, especially with Dak Prescott now below 7,000. Again, on DraftKings, he's 6.9K in this matchup that I like for Dallas against the Falcons. They're a team that we certainly are excited to play pass catchers against as well as quarterbacks. So I think it's a spot to get excited about some stacks with Dak this week. And I'll throw out more of a GPP angle. You already talked about it with the Colts and the Jaguars. Carson Wentz is 5.9K. We've certainly seen him be able to succeed in the last six or so weeks of the season and been really good for fantasy actually and along the way in this spot you know Jonathan Taylor is going to be one of the best plays on the slate so when you're thinking about leverage in a tournament if Jonathan Taylor happens to fail which doesn't look likely but if he does and it's the passing game as you said then Carson Wentz looks really intriguing in a a tournament 
Yeah, and Pity City, he received a little bit of a uh, price bump, so you're not getting the same Michael Pittman. You know, we were getting him at like 5.3, 5.5 for a while. So he's up in in the 6K range, but yes, I like that call a lot. I'm going to say right now my favorite cash game quarterback is Tom Brady uh, against Washington. He's 7.6. I feel like he should be more in the 8K range given what he's done and how dominant and like you said, Favorite for league MVP, leads league in pass attempts, yards, completions, all those things. So Tom Brady feels like a safe play on FanDuel. I like Justin Herbert a lot at 8K. That's a relative value on that site compared to the others. So right now, Justin Herbert or Tom Brady are probably my top payup options because Kyler feels dicey that high, like when you see him on there. And then Josh Allen, we don't have to go too far into it, but like that's got to shake our confidence. Him struggling against the Jags. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, this game that they were they were playing against Jacksonville, they were down a couple of offensive linemen. And if you watch any of the Buffalo game, he was under pressure the entire time. So I think that's something to monitor. I'm not necessarily not going to play Josh Allen because of that. I just think it's, a, it's something to consider uh, for sure. But if he is going to go overlooked, then obviously you take your shot in a tournament with a quarterback that we've seen have one of the highest ceilings at the position this week. And especially this week, it's really interesting at quarterback because... You know, Lamar's on Thursday Night Football. Mahomes, who hasn't really been that great, but still Mahomes, uh, is not on the main slate. Stafford is not on the main slate. So there's some guys that we like playing that aren't there. So I think when you're thinking about ceiling performances at quarterback, it is going to change the outlook, especially with Kyler dealing with the ankle injury as well. Speaking of quarterback, I want to give one just really fun take. I sent this to Betts, but there is a quarterback on FanDuel that I guess... This is what I wrote. I said, either someone made a mistake or someone went to high school with this guy and just hates him and wants to stick it to this guy. (laughs) Josh Love is a practice squad quarterback that was called up this past week for the Panthers. The minimum on Fandle for a quarterback is $6,000. He's $5,000. So he's just way down there uh, if you just want to point and laugh or send it to him if you know him. So that's his one moment in the sun. Sorry, buddy. Uh, And and to be clear, Kyle's not recommending playing this player. No, no. We're merely pointing out how funny it is that he is he's below the stone min on a site which i think is illegal in like 48 states <laughs> yeah it, you just need to travel to those two other ones and you're totally fine you can play this guy josh love san jose state if you want to go look him up on youtube all right running backs this week christian mccaffrey 8.4 we already know that's too cheap and last week he didn't see the full allotment of snaps but can you have confidence this week to say like i'm getting christian mccaffrey against the Cardinals defense that's kind of struggled against the run. Yeah, it's more just a price point thing. And and that's really what it comes down to. You know, he's a player that only played 49% of the snaps last week. So he wasn't on our radar that last week. But if we get news that he's trending in a way that they're going to use him the way that they have all all year when he's healthy and historically, then it's a spot to go to. I think it's, it's certainly viable. That said, there's a player that's just a little bit below him in pricing that I'm really excited about this week. And it's Dalvin Cook at 8K taking on the Chargers. They're a team that we talk about often on this podcast is one of those run funnels. You can run on the Chargers for sure. And, you know, Mike Zimmer has to be fuming with how his defense has played this year. They were awful to start the year. They were good in the middle of the year. And then now recently, they've just been awful again. And so if you think about it, how do they how does he want to play? He wants to run the ball. And with Dalvin Cook, I think it's going to work this week. So I'm pretty excited about Dalvin at 8K against the Chargers. Yeah, on Fandle, he's an even better value at 8.5. You mentioned it. Chargers are allowing the highest yards per carry and a first down on 30% of their opponent's rush attempts. That's also the highest in the NFL. So Dalvin Cook 
is my favorite play on FanDuel, and I think he's a really good play on DraftKings. So both of those are great. We have to mention Jonathan Taylor at 8,100 on DraftKings. I feel like he's not priced up enough. Like we saw a crazy awesome game on Thursday night against the Jets. He's the RB2 on the season. He's going to overtake Derrick Henry. And he has six straight weeks inside the top 10 for fantasy. So Jonathan Taylor right now is probably in that mix. I think between Dalvin and Jonathan Taylor, they're the safest plays. But if we get news about CMC, I'm like totally in. And then another stud that I just need to mention is Najee Harris. He's the RB1 on FanDuel, which is kind of crazy to see him there. But on DraftKings, the RB5, and we know the Lions are uh, a cupcake matchup. So Najee is someone I like as well. But if we're going to drop down a little further, there's a couple of cheapies this week that you could look at. Yeah, one injury situation that we have to monitor is Zach Moss for the Bills. He left with a concussion last week. And if he is out, the Jets are the matchup for running backs. We just saw Jonathan Taylor go crazy last Thursday night. And while Devin Singletary doesn't have the same ceiling as the Jonathan Taylor at his price point, if he is the guy at 4.7K, I mean, that's really intriguing, especially in cash games if you want to save money. So we need to monitor Zach Moss this week. And I also just want to throw out a little bit of breaking news while we were recording, Kyle. I'm not sure if you saw on Slack. We have news that Nick Chubb, as well as John Kelly and Demetric Felton, are all on the COVID list as of Tuesday morning. It looks like a couple of those guys are vaccinated, so they need two negative tests uh, to be able to play. So it's a situation to monitor. If those guys happen to be out, Dearness Johnson, who we saw succeed when he got the workload, is just 4.7K this week. So monitor Nick Chubb throughout the week. Dude, I feel like you could actually be a legit reporter. Like, I don't have the 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 chops for it, but I feel like you could, like, you have a little shefty in you. I mean, hey, you know I'm locked into ESPN every day, so I watch, I watch my guy Shefty. And shout out to Shefty, by the way. This guy, like, doesn't sleep, and he still comes on and crushes every day. I, I don't know how, I don't under, understand how it happens. If I don't get, like, at least eight hours, I'm such a baby in the morning. Our football heroes, like, our fantasy football heroes are Shefty, you know, doesn't sleep, Scott Hansen doesn't pee like that's that's the kind of commitment <laughs> that we get from some of our heroes. So uh, maybe we should assemble a list and just kind of figure out like, man, these people are like causing long term health issues, but they're helping our fantasy teams. <laughs> yes. And, and let's let's be honest. We live for the now. Right. So shout out to those guys. You know, I, I, I've stayed up a night or two to do a Megalodon show doc. That's that's kind of like my claim to fame. And, yeah. and, and that's right. the best show I, of the year. On, on the main show so shout out to shout out to you kyle for losing sleep for us <laughs> one time i did that and i told him i said hey by the way this is our biggest show of the year i tried to explain what a megalodon was and how it had anything to do with our show she didn't get that and then <laughs> i said hey by the way i'm gonna be staying up all night working on this because it's like three episodes in one and she goes all right i'll make you some coffee so i did it it is something i look forward to though it's pretty fun um Cordo Patterson is only 6.6. I know that he, it seems volatile because it's Cordo Patterson and it feels like there's going to be a week where just the bottom drops out and he gets you two points. He's last week. He saw 45% of his snaps lined up as a wide receiver. So we have to think about his floor a little bit different on a full PPR site. It's the highest over under the week. So Cordo Patterson is someone that stands out to me. I will definitely be playing him in GPPs. And at that price, like the other running backs that are in that 6K range is Aaron Jones at 6.9 against Seattle. James Robinson, 
but I feel like if I'm going to play Jonathan Taylor, I'm not going to go there at 6.2. I just think he's in that sweet spot where 6.6, you can get 15 points. That's kind of been his floor recently, but there's also a ceiling in a monster game against, uh, against the Cowboys. So throwing it out there. Don't want to say it's crazy. At first, when it said D Johnson in our, in our doc, I was like, bets. Why are you into David Johnson this week? I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're on by, but why, why are you into him? What a guy. Or Duke Johnson. Is he even on a... I don't think he's on a team anymore, is he? Dude, he should be out of the league. But uh, there was times. some really cool dynasty hype a while back. All right, wide receiver this week. Devontae Adams is priced as the top wide receiver. But on DraftKings, everybody's under 8K. So there's a lot of people in that 6, 7 range where it's like, okay, you guys are a stud and I feel like I'm not paying up like I usually do. So who are your favorites this week at wide receiver? Yeah, for sure. With Devontae, again, this third time I've said it, obviously it depends on Aaron Rodgers. But if that's the case and we get Devontae against the Seahawks, you have to think about, again, context on a slate. There's no Tyreek Hill. There's no Cooper Cup this week. He's the guy I think that can separate easy. And, you know, whenever he's below AK, it's a spot that we want to go to. So I love Devontae this week if you want to spend up at wide receiver. And then I'll also throw out, we brought him up last week, Amari Cooper. He did not have a great game, but the price point is still too low relative to CeeDee Lamb, who continues to be priced more than his teammate on DraftKings. We've attacked Atlanta in the secondary all year. And if you want to be in on Dak, certainly Amari Cooper at his price tag at 6.2K is really intriguing on DraftKings. On Friday, I'm going to definitely profile that wide receiver cornerback matchup because A.J. Terrell, uh, Falcons cornerback, has been shutting people down all, all seasons, quietly doing that. Yeah, he's and been good. He, He's a name definitely to monitor. If you remember, the Falcons took him over CeeDee Lamb, and I yelled at the TV because I won CeeDee Lamb on the roster. Uh, he could have been a wide receiver one because we don't have a wide receiver one right now, but uh, I digress. Olamidi, dude. Olamidi, he's the, <laughs> he's the weapon. He's Tajay being Sharp. unleashed. Dear God, no. All right, the <laughs> Bucks wide receivers are too cheap as well. Uh, if I like Brady, then I have to like Godwin at 7.1. Mike Evans is 6.9. Where are we with Antonio Brown? Because on FanDuel, I don't know why they're doing this. Antonio Brown is priced as their wide receiver too, like ahead of Mike Evans. It's really weird. So uh, yes, they, they messed up something there. So tell me about Antonio Brown. And I don't think he's anywhere close. No, it does not look good for AB, especially this week. I think we can confidently say he won't be out there. Um, there is a very skilled physical therapist on Instagram. He works with a lot of the, um, the pro shout out athletes, shout out Dr. Underscore reef. Great follow. If you want to see his content as a PT myself, I nerd out over it all the time, but it works a lot of NBA guys, NFL guys. He posted a bunch of, uh, clips of Antonio Brown doing his rehab during the bye week and did not look anywhere close. Still walking with a limp, really struggling with a lot of, you know, single leg control exercises and things like that but basically the take home is Antonio Brown looks like he'll be out again this week and so as you said when that's the case we see the target share skyrocket for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans always has a touchdown upside so I'm with you on those two guys I'm going to give you two wide receivers that have very big discrepancies I tweeted this out but DK Metcalf you can play him on DK this week because he's the wide receiver 11 on DraftKings he's the wide receiver 2 on FanDuel in terms of salary so if we like Russ, if we like that game, then DK Metcalf at 6.8 is too cheap on DraftKings. And then your boy, Terry McLaurin, 
he's the wide receiver four on DraftKings, but he's the wide receiver 16 on FanDuel. So DK Metcalf's a good play on DK. And then Terry McLaurin is only 7,100 on FanDuel. If you're playing Tom Brady stacks, then hey, run it back with McLaurin. He's too cheap for what he can do as well. So those two guys have a ton of discrepancy. And then another name I'll throw out there, Mike Williams has been trending in the wrong direction. And I get it. He's actually kind of come out and shared some of the injury woes. He did catch a deep bomb this past week. I like his role and I like what he can do against Minnesota, who is giving up a ton of deep targets. So on FanDuel, he's the wide receiver 19 at 6.9. So if you wanted to use him in a GPP, I think you're getting him way cheaper than we've gotten him over the last month. So big Mike Willie is uh, someone I like, but any other names at wide receiver? I think those are the main ones for sure. Um, you know, the, the other guys that are a little bit cheaper, Cole Beasley is still sitting there at 5.2K. It just seems like there's not a lot to get excited about with the upside of a guy like that. Last week was like the most Cole Beasley stat line of all time. It was like eight catches for like 33 yards or something, which is just silly. But in a cash game, it could be viable. I think it just depends on what you think about how that game goes as far as Josh Allen smashing or not. It's an easy matchup against the Jets, but um, we have seen multiple weeks now where the Bills haven't really had to do a lot in terms of hit a ceiling performance. So I'll throw out his name as just a cheaper guy, but I think we touched on the ones that are our favorites early in the week. Tight ends this week is probably the grossest they've been all year. So listen to the names that are not on the slate this week. Kelsey's not on it. Andrews, Waller, Kittle, Gesicki, like all of those dudes you cannot play this week on the main slate. So it's Kyle Pitts at the top and the last two weeks have shown us like his floor is a lot lower than we realize because teams are definitely double covering him. I really liked Pat, Pat Fryermuth before before Monday night. I wrote him up, put him in the dock, put him in my first look pricing article. Then the dude gets two touchdowns. Now everybody's going to want to play the Muth. The Muth? Well, dude, he's just been so loose. He's been so good. And this this is a guy, dude. shout out to Penn State, who, uh, by the way, I'm going to the Michigan game this weekend. My wife and I nice. are driving down for that. It's going to be fun. Um, this dude, all he does is score touchdowns. That's what he did in college. Big Ben loves him in the red zone. So, I mean, he's just insanely cheap. Did we give out his price tag yet? No, not yet. 3.9K on DraftKings against the Lions. Sounds really interesting this week. Um, I love him. And then also in that same price range, Dan Arnold. You know who loves Dan Arnold besides me? Urban Meyer. They traded for this guy. They're using him like crazy. He's seeing a ton of targets. Um, he is 3.5K taking on the Colts. So like you said, if that's a game that we like for the passing attack, he's an interesting bring back if you're playing some Carson Wentz stacks. I was just, the Muth felt like such a great play. And now at 3.9, everybody's going to be talking about him. I didn't say that we were cool. Like we weren't the cool kids that liked it before it was cool. But clearly the show has definitely been all over the Muth for, for a long time. And we're just waiting for that nickname just to get into the mainstream because everybody's timeline last night was just going bonkers for this guy. I'm and already he, excited about the nickname shirt. He's going to be featured. Oh, for sure. He's, yeah. he's definitely on it this year and pity city, which shout out to pity city, shout out to the show. Pity City's definitely going to be on it this year too. So I feel, feel good that we've gotten to play a, a role in that. But uh, yeah, you mentioned Dan Arnold 7.5 targets over the last month. I'm going to say Dalton Schultz at 5K. Uh, 
Blake Jarwin just got put on IR. I know Michael Gallup's coming back, so his target share might diminish, but we love that game. And at 5K, that's not crazy. So if you wanted to double stack Dak with one of the pass catchers like Amari Cooper and Dalton Schultz and then bring it back with somebody on the Atlanta side, I think that's a, a viable thing to do at his price. And I'll mention fan, on FanDuel, your boy, Dallas Goddard of Philadelphia Eagles. I loved him this past week and he let people down. But let me just show you the underlying metrics. This guy has a 34% target share since Zach Ertz was traded. So he's super involved. And at 5.9, that's not expensive enough for what he can do. All right, DST, let's finish there. Yeah, on DraftKings, the name that stuck out to me or the team, rather, it's the Cleveland Browns at 2.8, taking on the Patriots. There aren't a lot of punt options that you're really excited about this week, but I like Cleveland. Obviously, we've seen their front seven be able to generate a ton of pressure. And when you talk about players that you want to generate pressure on, it's a rookie quarterback. So with Denzel Ward back in the lineup on the perimeter, um, and the front seven there for Cleveland. I think they're really interesting at 2.8K. I'm going to say the Titans, for some reason, their pass rush has just come alive. And they'll be at home. They'll be against Trevor Simeon. Are you guys boys? I was about to throw it out, but I don't know if you guys were close. Me and Trev? Yeah. Nah. He's a Big Ten guy, right? Iowa? Oh, I have no idea. I'm not sure, to be honest. But, it, oh. I, dude, it's just tough to watch. Like there's no ceiling with like the saints offense with him under there. Do you think there's any chance they go back to Taysom? I don't know. Well, here's what astounds me that you would pay that much money for someone to be a gadget player is just mind blowing to me. I get if you wanted to play Jameis and that was the plan, but now it feels like you have take lock to say Taysom Hill is only this role on our team and we're not going to, you know, put a different, I would rather play Taysom, see what you got. And clearly last year it worked out for them. But I know right now they can't do it because they don't have another quarterback on the roster and they can't risk him getting hurt. So it's like, right. all right, you guys have put yourself in this weird corner where you can't really use the player that you paid up money for and the rest of the roster obviously stinks. So uh, on the offensive side of the ball, it's rough. I think their defense is good enough to compete and they just really need one or two more playmakers. But Tennessee 2.6, it's pretty cheap. On FanDuel, there's a couple that really stand out to me. Denver at home against Philadelphia. Denver's allowing the lowest completion percentage in the NFL. And then the Chargers, I know they haven't had many big plays. I know they give it up a ton on the ground. I know we like Dalvin Cook. But they are just buried on FanDuel all the way down to the DST 19. So they're just like, they're basically a punt play for a defense that we they have some playmakers. They can shut down the pass and Kirk Cousins will be on the road. So there's opportunity there if you wanted to go there. But Later on in the week, we'll give you our plays and maybe maybe we'll get some news about a backup quarterback because that's usually what happens is uh, somebody comes in and then we get to play the defense. Like this past week, news broke and the Chiefs were the, the pump play. If you want to go to ballersdfs.com, you can do that and you can play DFS against us. This past week, a couple of people happened to beat us in Battle of the Borg. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how, um, but the All field luck. beat me. I know. What's up with that? Uh, it's our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg, Plus Bets. You can enter into our contests, and they fill up super fast. That's one of my favorite things is when a contest goes live, people jump in. But feel free to check that on your DraftKings account. Set it up for notifications. It is a great thing to invite people to. The league itself is free, and you can enter whatever contests you want. So make sure you go to BallersDFS.com, and you can be a part of that. So after a busy 
busy, busy week nine. I'm ready to get back in the action of week 10. Bets, why don't you sign off for our lovely listeners? Yes, for sure. Hope everyone has an awesome week out there. If you haven't yet, go get the DFS pass, and we will see you guys on Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.